Today, I want to share something special with you. On this show, we spend a lot of time learning about other people's passions, purpose, and how they built the careers of their dreams. But today, I want to talk to you about something even more personal, finding and developing your purpose. We're going to cover so much in today's episode, so I encourage you to grab a notebook or open your notes app. And if you're driving, walking your dog, or doing some chores right now, please, please listen to this again when you're able to reflect fully on the teaching we're about to go over today. Now let's talk about how to find your purpose. Hey everyone, I am so excited for this Pursuit of Purpose live masterclass. And today I'm going to be guiding you through how to discover your passion, your potential, and what purpose truly is. I'm excited to guide you through that. Today I'm going to be guiding you through passion, purpose, potential, paycheck. To start off, I'm going to ask you all to place your right hand on your heart. And I want you to take a moment to just take in a deep breath. Close your eyes if you like. Breathe out. And I want you to repeat after me. I am exactly where I'm meant to be. Go. Okay, this time I want you to mean it, right? I want you to mean it. I put your right hand on your heart and I want you to say it again with all the conviction, all the drive in your life. I am exactly what I'm meant to be. Believe it in your body, mean it in your mind and feel it in your heart. So when we talk about the idea of pursuing our purpose, for many years, we talked about the pursuit of happiness. We talked about the pursuit of success. We talked about the pursuit of money. But we found that all of these were individual things that when you pursued them, all you got was that. If you pursued money, you made money. But that didn't lead to fulfillment or genuine joy or meaning. When you chased happiness, you actually often felt unfulfilled because you were always chasing something that wasn't defined clearly. When you chase success, you may get success, you may be successful, you may win awards, but you still lack that deep purposeful meaning in your heart. And that's because the pursuit of purpose is the most important pursuit that most people never take. The pursuit of purpose is the most important pursuit that most people never take. Imagine the most meaningful path, the most meaningful road in the world, but most people don't take it. Why? Because of this first P that we're going to talk about today, and that is potential. Believing in, recognizing, and knowing your potential. Most people don't believe they have any potential. How many of you feel that since you were young, you were made to not believe in your potential? How many of you had people telling you that they didn't believe in you? How many of you have had people that are critical of you? How many of you have heard negative feedback consistently since you were a young person? How many of you can relate to that? And when I was writing my book, Think Like a Monk, I talked about this deeply. I talked about how there's two lies we've all been told growing up. The first lie is, 
You're nothing. You're worthless. You're never going to make it. Some of the most successful people today in the world heard those words. You're never going to make it. You won't amount to anything. I'm not sure you'll, you'll do anything in the real world. I'm not sure you'll be successful. These are real words that real people heard. And there's another lie that we've been told, and that lies that you can be anything, you can do anything. And as nice as that sounds, that's not true either because you can't do anything, right? And actually thinking you can do nothing or thinking you can do anything is what stops you from doing something, something special, something powerful, something that is only you can do. And that's what I've started to believe and realize more and more and more. You're not destined to do nothing and you're not destined to do anything. You are destined to do something special, something beautiful and something powerful. So when you think about recognizing your potential, I want you to take a moment to reflect on the times in your life when you felt a voice inside of you that recognized your potential. It may have been an idea. It may have been a spark of brilliance. It may have been a hidden talent that you know you have, but you haven't been confident to share because every time you do, the people around you try to put it out. Maybe you're in a negative environment. How many of you are surrounded by a toxic environment or a negative environment where you're around people who don't believe in you, right? I speak to people all the time. I was speaking to a friend earlier today and he was just saying to me, Jay, I feel like I'm surrounded by people who don't believe in me. I feel like I'm surrounded by people who don't connect with me, who don't resonate with me, who don't understand what I'm trying to do. How many of you feel like you're in that position? Well, you need to be surrounded by a stronger group. Well, you need to be surrounded by a more powerful group. And I want to tell you about something later about how I'm trying to create that for you. Because I know that so many of you have ideas, so many of you want to achieve more, but you don't have the accelerated setup to help you get there. So in that negative toxic environment, how do you recognize your potential? The first way is gratitude. And I know what you're thinking, Jay, I've heard about gratitude before. I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you how to practice it differently. I want you to be grateful for the potential that you see in yourself today that you showed up. You showed up today because you believe, you already do. I'm not, I'm not making this up. You showed up today because you believe that your life is worth more. You showed up today because you believe that you're here to do more. Write down where that comes from. Why did you turn up today? Why did you turn up? And be grateful for that. Be grateful for that reason. You may have turned up because no one believes in you. That's where your hidden potential is. You may have turned up today because everyone's written you off. That's where your potential is. You may have turned up today because you know deep down in your heart that you have something to give the world. That's where your potential is. Be grateful for even the pain and the pressure that got you here today. It may even have been that teacher in fifth grade that looked you in the face and said, you're not going to go anywhere. And that pain is the beginning, the birthplace 
of your potential. I want you to recognize the core of that potential. I want you to recognize all of that pain, all of that pressure that you've experienced is actually full of potential. We think that it's full of pain, but it's full of potential, I promise you. There is so much hidden potential inside your pain, inside your pressure, inside your stress. Well, here's the thing. Oprah once shared something beautiful. She said, there's no such thing as luck, but if there is, it's when preparation meets opportunity. That's what Oprah said. This is where we're doing the preparing. We first have to prepare our minds to realize that there is hidden potential even in the pain that we've experienced. So I want you to reflect on a few things I have here, list five things that you're grateful for right now. And if you can, try and experience gratitude even for the pain or the pressure that brought you here. Because that's where you start noticing the potential in it. If you see it as pain, it remains pain. If you see it as potential, it becomes potential. What I want you to do next here is if you look at the next line, it says, recognize every last bit of progress. And I've asked you here to write down three things you've done today or this week that you're proud of. I want you to take a moment to actually be proud of yourself. You know how strange this is? I want you to say out loud right now, I am proud of myself. Now, when you say that, how many of you hear that and you feel comfortable saying it? And how many of you say it, but you feel uncomfortable saying it? It's amazing, isn't it? Why do we feel uncomfortable saying I'm proud of myself? Because we've been taught to believe that if something isn't huge or massive success, then is it even worth celebrating? I want you to take a moment to write down what are the three things you're most proud of that you've done this week? I want to share some of mine with you. I'm proud that this week I recommitted to waking up even earlier to meditate even deeper. I'm so proud of myself for doing that. I'm proud of myself because I did two podcast recordings yesterday and I was so attentive and present with my guests and I know they felt that energy. And I'm proud of myself this week because I am allowing myself to rest this weekend for the long weekend. I'm gonna be learning. I ordered two books yesterday that I can't wait to read. I'm gonna be diving into them and using my time for growth. Notice how none of those were an award. Notice how none of those was about a number. It wasn't about a million downloads, a million views. It wasn't about a hundred likes. Notice how none of those things that I'm proud of myself for were external. They were how I felt about something. I wasn't proud about how someone else felt about me. I wasn't proud about something else that happened to me. I was proud about something I'd done. So taking pride in what we're doing in our week allows us to recognize our potential we start realizing that there's something there worth investing in. We start recognizing that there's something there that can really push us forward. So first you have to recognize your potential because when you recognize your potential, you realize there is something worth investing in here. There's something worth investing in here. Now that we know that there is something worth investing, you're grateful 
and you're feeling a sense of pride because you notice that spark, it's now about understanding our passions. Now, when you're trying to understand your passions, it can be very difficult for a lot of people, but I'm going to help you understand how to reflect on your passion. So let's talk about understanding our passions. When we're talking about finding our purpose, pursuing our purpose, we have to understand our passions. And the way I like to think about passions is first let's ask if passion is a teenager and purpose is an adult, then curiosity is the womb, curiosity is the baby. So a lot of us go, what am I passionate about? I don't know what I'm passionate about. We get stressed by that question. I have no idea what I'm passionate about. But I want you to think about, no, what am I interested in? What am I curious about? What is it that when you're listening to a podcast, someone mentions it and you go, oh, I wish I knew more about that. What is it that when you hear someone talk about it, you're like, oh, I need to read more about that. What is it? And it, don't make it about something external like a sport or an idea, even though that could be a great starting point. What is it about that? I'll give an example. I've loved sport growing up, but I've realized that recently, the reason why I love sport is I love an athlete's mindset. I love how athletes think. I love how they prepare for the big game. That's what I love. So I love sport, but what I love specifically about sport, so first write down, what do you love? What are you, what are you curious about? What are you passionate about? But then write about why. Why are you passionate about that? What specifically is it about that thing that makes you passionate about it? All right, what is it specifically that makes you passionate about it? And here I've given you an activity that you're going to need to do after today. And I recommend you actually do it today. It's all about asking your friends and your family what they believe you do special. What do you do especially well? What are you good at? What do you excel at, right? What is something that they see as a passion in you? Sometimes people can see our passions better than we can see them ourselves. And so I wanna encourage you all today to reach out, make a connection, reach out to one person you know personally as a friend, one person who's family, and one person you know professionally. And if you really wanna do this deeply, go to three of each three family members, three friends, and three professional people, people that you know through your work. And ask them this question, what do you think I'm really good at? And when do you think I shine? When do you think I show up? Because sometimes we have become so self-critical that we can't even see where we shine. We can't even see when we're at our best, but others can see, others can notice, others can experience that joy that you have. How many of you have felt that? Sometimes someone says to you, you're glowing today, or you look so organized today, or you're really crushing it today. And you're thinking, oh yeah, I am. Wait, why didn't I know that about myself, right? I remember one of the first speeches I gave when I was 18, I had so much good feedback after, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize that there was a gift here. I didn't realize that there was a passion here. And that was huge for me. It was so beautiful for me to have that moment of revelation, to have that moment of, yes, I do have a passion. I do have value. There is something that I do that's special. Now, 
I'm also giving Gene View a self-diagnosis exercise right now. We're going to do it live right now. And this was a model that really helped me in the beginning. It's a model that I've used and recommended many, many times, but it's a model that simply helps explain stuff. It's called the DISC model. Uh, it's very well known and it's fantastic. And I'm going to ask you two questions today that are going to help you identify your personality type. So the first question is, are you outgoing or are you reserved? Right? Are you outgoing or are you reserved? Now, let me explain. If you're outgoing, you're the life of the party. You're dragging everyone onto the dance floor. You're the one encouraging everyone to have conversation. You're directing the conversation. If you're more reserved, you're as confident, but you may choose a one-on-one -on -one conversation instead. You may listen more than you talk, but it's the same level of confidence. It's just that some of us are more outgoing, some of us are more reserved. The second question I have for you is, are you more people-oriented or task-oriented? What I mean by that is, do you think about people's experience or do you think about time, scheduling, making sure that everything's running on time? Which one is first? We all think about both. I think about people and time. Right now I'm thinking about, is everyone having a good time? But I'm also thinking about the time. <laughs> and the truth is we all think about both, but which one do you think about first? I think about you first. And that has made me better. We're just differently wired. Are you people oriented or task oriented? Now I want you to group both the words. So you either are outgoing in task outgoing in people, reserved and task, or reserved and people. So you should know which one you are now. Outgoing in task is known as the D type. Outgoing in people is known as the I type. Reserved and task is known as the C type. And reserved and people is known as the S type. So I want you to write down whether you're a D an I, an S, or a C. D is outgoing in task. I is outgoing in people. S is reserved and people. C is reserved in task. Now, if you're a D type, it means that you're a driver, a doer. You get things done. You schedule. You plan. That is your strength. So when you're getting to use that energy, you are more likely to be successful. So think about in your life, how you can bring that into your life. How can you bring that more into your life? And this takes us to the third workbook page, transforming your passions into a daily practice. If you have these passions and strengths in being a driver, a doer, you get things done, where in the workplace are you getting to do that? Where in your personal life are you getting to do that? I want you to bring that into a daily practice. I want you to think, okay, well, what can I organize this week? Maybe I'm going to organize a weekend out with my family. Maybe I'm going to use this goal setting to help other people set their goals. Maybe I'm going to encourage my friends to set their goals. Where am I going to use this mindset? The biggest reason why we all forget our passions is we don't get to practice them. Listen to that again. The reason we forget our passions is we don't get to practice them. At school, how many of you learned languages? 
I learned French, I learned German, I even learned Russian. Now, can I speak Russian anymore? No, I wish I could, but why can't I? Because I didn't get to practice it with someone else in my life that spoke Russian. When we don't practice our passions, when we don't put them into practice, when we don't implement them, we forget them. Now the I-type, the outgoing and people, they're inspirers, they're influencers, they're ideators. They love to talk about ideas and brainstorm. If you're an I-type, ask yourself, are you getting to do that? Are you allowing yourself to do that? Or are you pressurizing yourself to do what you need to do at work, but not letting that energy out? What I'm trying to help you do is I want you to help practice. I want you to gain practice and experience and expertise in sharing what's really inside of you, right? In sharing what's locked up inside of you that's not been shared. And you may be thinking, Jay, that's not living my passion. It is the beginning of it. See, living your passion is like the top of this ladder and it feels so pressurized. It feels so hard to reach. It feels so difficult to get to. And so we never start. What I'm giving you is the step-by-step -step ladder. What I'm doing is breaking down each step for you so that that becomes a reality. For me in the beginning, I realized that I love teaching. I love meditation. I just started teaching in my corporate company. I worked at Accenture, which has 500,000 employees. I was busy being a consultant, but I brought my passion into the workplace. Bring your personality type and your passion into the workplace. I promise you it's the beginning of living your purpose. It's the beginning of pursuing your purpose. So the C type, reserved and tasked, is calculative, cautious, quality oriented. These are the people that send you emails telling you you have spelling mistakes in your emails, right? So anyone who is a C-type is really good at quality assurance, making things work, making things tick. Ask yourself, where are you getting to live that? And for those of you that are the S-type reserved in people, you're emotionally intelligent. You're focused on people's experience. Where are you getting to live that? We feel friction in our lives. We feel pain in our lives. We feel tension in our lives when we don't demonstrate this. We have to learn to display and demonstrate these skills. They are not going to be mined from within us by the people around us. Your boss, your family, your friends are not going to discover this about you. You have to demonstrate it. They're not going to discover it. You have to display it. If you display it, if you start practicing it, if you start practicing out loud, I promise you the universe is going to take note and you're going to start attracting incredible things. But you have to start living it. You have to start believing in it. You have to start practicing it. You have to start investing in it. You have to bring it to life, right? You have to bring it through to life. Please do not wait to be discovered. Please do not wait to be found. It's one of the biggest mistakes I made for many, many years, hoping that someone was going to discover my talent and passion and do something with it. I want you to display it to the people around you. There's a beautiful story that I love sharing. And this goes into our next P, which is living with resilience and persistence. There's a beautiful story by Michelangelo would tell obviously a famous sculptor, famous artist, 
And they would always say, how do you create these beautiful sculptures? How do you create these beautiful pieces of art? It's a good question, right? Where does it come from? And his response is something that has stayed with me ever since I heard this. It's beautiful. He said, the sculpture is always there. I just chip away every day. The sculpture in the marble, he said, is already in there. I just chip away a little bit every day. I chip away at a bit of marble every day. Inside the sculpture already exists. I guarantee you, most people are this close to what they want, and that's when they give up. We're literally this close, and that's when we give up. Why? Because persistence is hard work. But persistence is what separates half of the people that make it and the half that don't, or the 10% that make it and the 90% that don't, the people that keep chipping away. But here's the interesting part. It's not just chipping away. It's about re-strategizing. It's about pivoting. It's about trying something new. It's about bringing a new flavor, a new energy. And here in this page, I talk about importantly, how to actually live with persistence. One of the top ones, this has been a game changer for me, is find a coach. Now, I want to tell you a story. I actually barely tell this story and I've, I've rarely shared it. But when I worked at Accenture, I had all but accepted that my life was to work a corporate job, a nine to nine for the rest of my life. I'd accepted it. That was what I believed in my potential. I thought, you know what? I'm going to work a corporate job every day. And that's going to be my life. I'm going to try my best. And I invested in a coach. I saw someone speak at a conference and I thought, that's the coach I want. I went up to him afterwards and I started investing in coaching. And I kid you not, that coaching changed my life. The coaching changed my life because of the repetition of what this coach made me say. This coach would always get me to look for the open, random, and supportive in everything. He called it ORS. His name is Thomas Power. And he told me that life was about moving from being controlled, selective, and cautious, CSC, to open, random, and supportive. He said the problem with most people is they're closed to opportunities, they're selective too early, and they're too cautious. Whereas if you're open, random, and supportive, you will discover more. The next time someone asks you to do something you've never tried before, I want you to be open. The next time you're walking down the street, I want you to do something beautiful for someone random. And the next time your friend asks you for help with something, I want you to be supportive because you never know what skill you might learn. Finding a coach, investing in coaching, investing in growth is the best decision I've made to keep me persistent and resilient when I've wanted to give up. When you want to give up, you need someone in your life who's not going to let you give up on yourself. That is a coach. A coach is someone who doesn't let you give up on yourself. And the crazy thing is, we've never had that. We've always had people who give up on us and we give up on ourselves. But I want you to think about who in your life could be that coach. How can you find that coach? The second area I talk about here is joining a community. It's so important. You need to be surrounded by others. Me and my wife were talking about this the other day. We're both meditators. We both have the same meditation practice. 
And she was saying to me, she goes, I think it's so important that we meditate together. Sometimes we meditate separately because I'm traveling, she's traveling, whatever it may be. And we were talking about how much we feel so much more resilient and committed in our meditation practice when we meditate together. We need that community. When you have a community, you don't give up because you see our other people around you. It's positive peer pressure. See, there's negative peer pressure when you get forced into doing things you don't want. There's positive peer pressure when you're around people that are doing the things you do want to do. So I want you to think about that, right? Finding a community is so important. And the deepest part of practicing resilience and persistence is remembering that it's a long path. It's a marathon. You take your breaks, take care of yourself. You show yourself self-love, but you keep going. You don't have to stop to show yourself self-love. You can keep moving and still love yourself. That's the mistake. We get it confused. We think that self-love means I have to stop everything I'm doing. It doesn't. Love yourself through the process. Love yourself through the journey. And that brings us to our penultimate, which is serving the world through your purpose. And in your own time, I want you to write down your top three values and your top three talents. But I want to tell you a story that I think really sums it up. A student once went up to their Zen teacher. This is a beautiful Zen story. And the student asked a question. They said, I have $100 and I want to give it to charity. Should I give the $100 to one person or should I give $1 each to 100 people? It's a good question, right? Do I give all the $100 to one person or do I give $1 each to 100 people? What do you think they said? The Zen teacher said, I believe that you should give $1 each to 100 people. The student said, why? They said, because that way you will get the opportunity to practice giving love. If you give $100 to one person, you've given it and you don't get a second chance to see if you can improve your intention. But when you give it to 100 people, you get the opportunity to serve 100 times, you get the opportunity to love 100 times, you get the opportunity to give 100 times. Service is at the heart of any purpose. Peter Diamandis said that we should redefine the word billionaire to be someone who impacts the lives of a billion people. I promise you, if you create a positive impact in the lives of a thousand people, a hundred thousand people, a million people, a billion people, you will see change in your life and in their life. You will see incredible impact. Service is what motivates purpose. Without service, you can't have a purpose. Sometimes people discover their purpose by where they want to serve. What's the greatest pain or need in the world? I'll tell you what I believe it is. The greatest pain to me is seeing people not live their purpose. Because when I see people not living their purpose, I see them struggling with their profession. I see them struggling in parenting. I see them struggling with their partner. Because if you're not satisfied, if you're not aligned, how can you give that to your kids, your partner, your family, or anyone? So to me, 
the biggest challenge, the biggest pain in the world is people not living their purpose. That's why I've dedicated my life to that pain. Someone else will say, Jay, the biggest pain in the world is how we're treating the environment. The biggest pain in the world is cancer. Do I agree? Of course I agree. Of course I believe in that. But that is a pain that you can solve. That is a pain that you can dedicate your life to. And we need each person to serve the pain that they want to see removed. What is the suffering that you don't want people to go through anymore? For me, it's the suffering of seeing people live out of their purpose. Living outside of your purpose is like watching a fish out of water for me. Have you ever walked along the banks and seen the fish on the sand? You can build them a beautiful sand castle. You could buy them a Tesla. You could give them everything in the world, but that fish is going to suffer. That is how I feel humans are without purpose. That's how deeply I feel about purpose. I see people just struggling away. What is the pain that you see? What is the suffering that you see that you want to remove? That is a guide. That is a signal to your purpose. And the sixth and final P is turning your purpose into a paycheck. This is a really, really important part. Because for many of us, we see money as negative. Maybe many of you were raised with the idea that money is the root of all evil. Maybe many of you grew up thinking you don't need enough. I know I did. I didn't have a lot growing up. But we always just said we don't need a lot. We just need enough. And that led to so many challenges that I saw growing up. I remember many, many times experiencing what that felt like in reality. When you're having an impact and that is making money that you can then reinvest back into the impact. Today, I'm so grateful when I rewired my relationship with money, when I changed my relationship with money to be one that was negative to realize the positive value of money as energy, the money was just energy. That's all it was. It was energy. It was a resource. It was a tool. It wasn't the goal of life, but it also wasn't the worst thing in life. As humans, we like to idolize and demonize everything. We like to idolize something, put it on a pedestal, make it the goal of life, or we want to make something seem worthless. And that's what we do with money. Some of us make money the goal of life and the point of life, and some of us treat money like it's nothing but dirt. And the truth is it's neither. It's actually energy. And energy can be used for positive growth and positive change, or energy can be used for negative things and wasting time. I want you to think about where did your relationship with money get polluted? Where did you start to see it as worthless? Or where did you start to see it as the goal? And I want us to purify, not idolize or demonize, but purify our relationship with money. When our desire and intent for money is so that we can have a greater impact, so that we can serve more people, Today, I feel so grateful that I can hire a team. There is an incredible team. I just want you to know that. Behind everything you're experiencing today, there is a phenomenal team. Amazing people that have come together to bring this to you. I'm going to be introducing you to my business team a bit later on that I can't wait for you to meet. They're going to drive you through the masterclasses. They're experts in their fields. All of this is possible because of using the energy of money in your service for your growth. That's the power of when money, time, 
success, fame, any of these things can be used for the greater good. I was so fortunate. My wife and I did a fundraiser for COVID relief in India a couple of months back because one person was dying every five minutes. And so many of our friends used their influence, their fame for good. We raised over $5 million to support people who are struggling. That's the power when we use energy in the right way. And I want all of you, I, I want all of you to set that intention now. I want you to set an abundance mindset intention now that when you receive money from the universe, when you receive the energy of joy or success, which is coming your way because you've committed here today, I want you to set the intention that you will use it for the service of humanity. That when it comes your way, you will use it to give to others and help others. That you will use it to take care of yourself, your body and your mind and your family and your needs. And then you will use it to help others. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you share it with your friends. Also, don't forget to grab your copy of the Pursuit of Purpose workbook. And if you're excited and interested to start building a business that will positively impact your life, your family, and the world around you, learn more about how to live your passion and build an income, head over to jshettycourses.com to find out more. Thanks for listening.